Everybody, welcome Hi. to the <laughs> second episode of Marathon. We're back and better than ever. Um, and this week we are talking about postcards from the edge. Yes, Oscar. Exactly. Oscar, let's just start right off the bat by asking, how are you doing? Me? Yep. Okay. Great. I'm trying to pretend like we're, like, real hosts and, like, we haven't lived with each other for the past two months. Right, right. Are you going to ask how I'm doing? How are you doing? Okay, I'm doing well. Thank you, Oscar. How has your quarantine been? All right. How about you? <laughs> um, you can probably tell because I see you every day. Um, so today we are talking about Postcards from the Edge. Oscar, just right off the bat, let's just get our general feelings about this. How did you feel about this film? What was your experience watching it? I thought it was kind of surprising. You know, I've never... I mean, I've, like, low-key heard of it before, but I've never, like, thought it was, like, amazing like it is, you know? What about you? So true. I think something in that... It has a bunch of things in common with our last movie, Heartburn, but one of them is that it is totally underrated. And even though I had heard of Postcards from the Edge, you know, like, I had seen the poster before and I knew it was kind of a movie about Carrie Fisher, I didn't really know what it was and I definitely didn't think that it was like a Meryl masterpiece which I'm just gonna go ahead and say it I think it is right well yeah I think and I haven't seen every Meryl performance obviously but we will by the end of this podcast in approximately six years um (laughs) but we I think this is the best comedic performance I've ever seen her in Oh, yeah, she's really funny in this. She's so funny in this. But still dramatic. Like, she's not giving up her acting skills to give her comedy skills. For sure. She never forgets her roots, I think. But also, her roots were, like, a Shakespearean actress, but also a comedic Shakespearean actress. So... So multi-talented. So many multi-talented. Were you implying she was single-talented at any point? No. Um, so yeah, this movie really highlights, I think it really highlights her physical comedy. I think Mm. she totally inhabits this character. For sure, for sure. Um, and it's a very unique role for her. So I just, let's just lay out, because last, um, week we got a little carried away with (laughs) how excited we were about this movie that I'm pretty sure people stopped it because they had no idea what the movie was. Um, so this movie, um, is written by Carrie Fisher, R.A.P. in peace, and I mean that. I miss her so much. Um, and it's directed by Mike Nichols, who was the director of Harper. And it is based on Postcards from the Edge, which is a book written by Carrie Fisher. And much like Heartburn, it is semi-autobiographical. Yeah, semi. I mean, for sure this, um, obviously. Um, I'm, I was saying semi and that I think it is largely autobiographical. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so it is, I think that we can assume that much of it, but also, like, art isn't life, I understand that, but I think we can say that much of it is based on Carrie Fisher's relationship Mm -hmm. with her mother, Debbie Reynolds, and with her um, issues with drug addiction, and her kind of rise to fame. So it focuses on Suzanne Vail, who's played by Meryl Streep. I don't know, like, I haven't seen very many movies with her, and, like... She, I don't know, like, she doesn't have that many awards, Who? but she's, Meryl Streep, have you heard of, <laughs> not familiar, oh, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll explain her later, but, um. We're joking. Wait, 
Just <laughs> um, so then there's also Shirley MacLaine as Doris Mann, who is Meryl Streep's or Suzanne's mother in the film. Um, then we need to get to the elephant in the room, and that is Dennis Quaid, and that he's in this movie. And I can't speak about him now because I'll just go on a tangent, but he plays Jack Faulkner, who is, Mer- I would say, Meryl's love interest in the movie. Yeah, for part of the time. Yes. A love and hate interest. Yeah. This movie also has a realization similar to Heartburn, if you'd watch it. Yes, and we did, in fact, tell people to watch it this time, so I think we are going to go ahead and say some spoilers, but we will say spoiler alert when we get to that point, so keep listening until then. Um, Gene Hackman plays Lowell Kolchak, who is um, a director that works with her, and really, they have kind of like a father-ish, mentor-ish mm, relationship. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where he really touches her in an important way. Like, not physically. <laughs> I, was, I was confused there. <laughs> um, and then I think that there's a, there's a few other kind of famous people in here, but also importantly, in a one-scene role, a young Annette Bening yep. coming through. Is it just one scene? I think it's, if it's, it's maybe one speaking scene. But multiple other, like, where she, like, is in it, but she doesn't speak. But talk about similarities to Heartburn with Catherine O'Hara and then now Annette Bening. It seems like these movies can get, like, super famous actresses early in their careers. Before they were really famous, you know? Yeah, and, like, bit scenes. And when we watched this movie, we were like, what? (laughs) Just like we were when we saw Catherine O'Hara in Heartburn. Um, So really, really, really good cast. Can we all agree on that? Yes. Um, but we will be spending most of the episode talking about Meryl, of course, um, but Shirley MacLaine in this movie, oh my god, Oscar. Talk about Shirley MacLaine in this movie. I haven't seen any of her performances before this. No, and I think she does theater too, Right, I think you should fact check that. (laughs) Okay, I'll fact check that while you keep talking about her. Yeah, she's really talented, I had no idea. I've never seen any of her work. We'll have to watch more. Literally, wait, are we starting a Shirley-thon? No. (laughs) Um, no, she's so good, and she pay. So she plays. Yeah, she's an older actress. Yeah, she's eighty six now. So she was more. Probably, do you think she was more established than Meryl at this point? Or this is pretty early in Meryl's career. This is nineteen ninety. So only four years after Heartburn, Mm -hmm. and another collaboration with Mike Nichols. And Um, still before The Devil Wears Prada and Mamma Mia and her big blockbusters, (laughs) not blockbusters. Like I said last episode. Blockbuster's first inside joke, that and decrepit. Um, <laughs> wow. So Shirley MacLaine, yeah, she's done a lot of stuff. Steel Magnolias? Wow, what's her net worth? Should we find out? $50 million? Wow. She really is oh, a queen, huh? Staying booked and busy. <laughs> um, so she plays a very Den- Debbie Reynolds-esque character. Yeah. Like, her hair is exactly like... Exactly the same. Exactly. Her tone of voice, she kind of is a high-pitched, mm-hmm. kind of like this. She is a, like, kind of batty old, like, Broadway broad. Mm-hmm. Um, like, needs to be the star all the time. So true. And she's kind of narcissistic, but she, mm-hmm. you can tell she deeply, deeply, deeply cares she, about she her She loves her daughter. Right. And she'd do anything for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and... What's really funny, I think, about this movie, a fun fact, is that Debbie Reynolds, who obviously knew that Carrie Fisher was making this movie, um, 
asked Mike Nichols if she could play herself, and um, he said that she was not right for the part. <laughs> um, and, I mean, that probably would have been awkward, but I think Shirley MacLaine just knocks it out of the park. She got a Golden Globe nom for this, too, um, for Best Supporting Actress. Super complex, super, like, empathetic character who has her own issues with drugs right. and alcohol. Um, more alcohol. More alcohol, you're right. Meryl's but... character, Suzanne. Suzanne, yeah. Has drug problems and she has alcohol problems. Yes. So, yeah, no one's and perfect. Her mom is dead, right? Suzanne's mom is. I mean, father's dead. Suzanne's father is. Father, dead. not yes, mom, because we were just lovely. talking about her. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, this movie is about Suzanne and um, the opening scene, which, woof, the opening and ending scenes of this movie are some of the best opening and ending scenes of any movie I've, I've ever seen. It is so, they're so good. They're so iconic. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't think this is a spoiler because it's like the first five minutes of the movie. But basically, the first, you know, again, five minutes of this movie kind of track Meryl Streep, who you don't know anything about her yet. And she's like trying to get onto a plane in a foreign country. And you're like, oh, what's going on? This doesn't seem like a movie about Carrie Fisher and her relationship with Debbie Reynolds at all. Mm -hmm. And then like five minutes in, Meryl flubs a line. They pull back and it's a movie set the whole time. And um, so Suzanne is an actress, and you find out that she has a pretty severe addiction to cocaine and other narcotics. Um, after that scene, she is in bed with Dennis Quaid's character, Jack, and she is unconscious, and he takes her to the hospital. And that kind of starts this um, journey throughout the film for her to get back on her feet, right? Would you say? Yeah. Um, so what happens after that, Oscar? I have gotten multiple criticisms that I have been speaking too much in these episodes. We've had one episode. <laughs> My dad told me um, after listening to approximately three episodes the last episode, does Oscar get to speak? So Oscar, I'm going to rest the, the next part of the movie to you. I'm just curious, Alexis, where do you think this takes place in Carrie Fisher's career, this part of the movie? Like what years? That's a good question, Oscar. Um, Obviously, after Star Wars, probably. Right. I would say so. But also, I want to acknowledge that maybe, like, this wasn't a specific movie in her career. You know? Like, it is semi-autobiographical. But I think it's... She's, like, kind of failing her career. Like, she's on the downturn of her career. Right. She's on the downturn. She wasn't doing great beforehand. She's kind of seen as a has-been. And, has been. and um, in Star Wars, at the end of Star Wars, Carrie Fisher was not doing great. She was on some pretty heavy drugs. So I think that we can see that maybe it is in this time period of the early 80s, which would not make it that much earlier than when this movie was made. Do you know when the... This is based on a memoir. When was the memoir written? Yeah, I can that check out? that out, Oscar. But why don't you keep talking about the rest of the movie? Oh, sorry. It came out in 1987. So really, really quick adaptation to... Three years. And it also is not a memoir, technically. It's a semi-autobiographical novel. And it's about Suzanne Vale, so it's not about her. But it's semi-biographical. Okay, so Oscar, you were saying. So she has to go to a rehab center, right? Mm-hmm. And then her mom visits her and stuff, and then from there they go to her manager. Yeah. And he's like, you got to get your life in order, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you're a so, so she ends up having to live with her mom, mm -hmm. which she, much to her dismay. <laughs> much to her dismay. Um, her mom is pretty controlling, and as a former actress herself, she has strong opinions about what Meryl should do mm -hmm. with her career. Mm -hmm. So 
it's a bit tenuous, I would say. But then our good old friend Dennis Quaid shows back up. Yeah, Dennis Quaid. Um, Meryl, like, instantly, like, there's definitely some, like, flirtatious mm-hmm. attitudes going around. <laughs> definitely some flirtatious Some sexual attention. Well, okay, Oscar, this is a family-friendly podcast. I'm sorry about that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're talking. And yeah. she doesn't know that he was the one that brought her to the hospital, hospital right? She was totally she was, unconscious. She, she forgot everything. Anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then he tells her then, right? Yes. He they, says, they, they're like walking to her house. Yes, or her mother's house. Because they met on set. But then afterwards yes. they're like, let's walk. Yeah. So then, um... He says... And well, then so she asks, did we do anything that night, you know? Yeah. I know this is a family friendly, but... Yeah. But and he's like, no. Of course not. Of course not. I would consent. never... Yeah. I would never do that. And he says, said something about how, she's like, how do I know you? And he says, well, high school. They went to high school together, obviously, like, a really big high school. Um, and and then he took her to the hospital. So I would say that Suzanne is positively smitten at this right. point. Um, and then good old Annette Benning shows up and has to ruin everything. So Annette Benning. Wait, no, no. They go to his house first, remember? Oh, yeah. Well, of course, yes. Yeah. Sorry. They... She's smitten with him. Right. They go to his house. They have relations. They have relations. There's this really, really beautiful long shot against the. Is it against the ocean? It's against the ocean. And it's like five, four minutes long. It's oh just a God. super long shot. Super long shot. And you can see their acting really coming through there. Oh, period. And he tells her this long spiel about how he saw her in the movies mm-hmm. and he was obsessed with her. And she's this perfect woman and she's the love of his life. And. I think Meryl totally, well, Meryl might, but Suzanne definitely falls for it, right? She is mm-hmm. totally in love with Dennis Quaid, and honestly, who wouldn't be? He looks stunning. He looks stunning. Um, so I think Suzanne is just walking in a cloud, right? Right. And she goes to talk to Evelyn, played by Annette Benning, on set. She's kind of a bit player in the movie that she's in. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is going to get into spoiler territory from now on. So, if you haven't watched the movie yet and you plan on doing it, which I would definitely suggest that you do. Sure. Um, again, this movie is free to watch online. So, I um, definitely suggest. Um, so, Evelyn. Girl, what did she say? She's like, yeah. Well, Meryl asks Suzanne. She asks, oh, have you, his name is Jack. Have you mm-hmm. talked to Jack before? Mm-hmm. And she's she like. Says, Girl, talk. I've done more than that. More than talk, if you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Meryl's like, what? Meryl's really innocent. She's like... She's so gullible. She's, she'll, she just really wants it to work out. Because yeah. he said that he loved her. Yeah. He's like, he was kind of like obsessed with her. It was really, really weird. It was kind of creepy. It was kind of creepy, but also I think that Meryl's in a very... Suzanne, we need to start using the character's name. Suzanne is in a very um, vulnerable place in her life right now obviously and i you know she she's she's looking for someone that appreciates her that sees her that understands her mm-hmm. and she thinks that jack is that person so annette benny replies that that which which one of his catchphrases did he use on girl, you girl yeah yeah and then they go through it and 
It's the exact same. It's the exact same thing. And Annette Benning's like, oh, I know about this, but we still, we yes. still like have relations. Annette Benning is. She does not care. She's Annette of... Benning is such a queen in this movie. I love her. She's like, I don't care. He's hot. Period. And then, Suzanne is absolutely enraged. I think she's mm-hmm. deeply saddened, but she's absolutely enraged. And then ensues, I would say, one of the best scenes of the film. Right, so she, oh, she goes storming to his house. Storming to his house, which is this very rich, I would say it's very reminiscent of his character in The Parent Trap. Mm-hmm. The house, it's on the sprawling ocean side. She storms in, she's still wearing the police costume from right. this movie replete with the baton and the fake gun mm-hmm. and everything. And she tells him, basically, um, F word, you. <laughs> and she, oh my god, Meryl's acting in this scene is so incredible, Oscar, do you agree? Yes, it's off the charts. <laughs> it's off the charts. She's throwing, she's throwing his clothes everywhere. Mm-hmm. She's telling him off, um, and she, he's kind of like, oh, whatever. You're overreacting. Like, come on, you had to have known. And Suzanne's like, no, of course I didn't. You told me you loved me. Um, and they get into a big fight, but. I think most importantly, like, I thought I was, like, getting high off this fight. I was, like, I love fights in movies, like, movie fights where people just yell at each other and say really good dialogue that's, I don't know, written by Carrie Fisher. Um, and then it gets to this really kind of devastating part where he he says, and I, I'm reading this the screenplay so I don't get this wrong, but he says they're fighting... And he says, what are you, a virgin? You weren't so hard to convince that first night. She says, I thought we didn't do anything that first night. Jack Faulkner, parentheses, sarcastically, I lied. And then she um, fires four bullets at him with her fake gun, which are playing blanks, which I think is an entirely appropriate response. Right. So we know that Jack is a a-hole mm-hmm. through and through. And he's bad to women. Right. <laughs> Period. And we hate him. Mm-hmm. Um... So that's pretty awful, but also I think, like, it really shows Suzanne coming into her own, right? This is a moment where she totally has agency, and she is completely set on removing this person from her life. Right. So, he, does he basically just disappear after this? He disappears after this, yeah. So, I should, mean, we, should we talk about maybe who he really is in Carrie Fisher's life? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a bit of a jump. So, my theory... That is somewhat supported, but also not totally supported, um, is that he represents at least a version of Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Because we know from... Maybe the worst version of Harrison Ford. Maybe the absolute Ford. worst version. I don't want to obviously allege anything about Harrison Ford, duh. But um, we know that he had a relationship, an affair with Carrie Fisher um, while they were both in Star Wars together. That he was pretty sleazy. Mm-hmm. And she loved him a lot. And he loved her very little. Um... And I think that makes... It's just so interesting to me as someone who finds both Harrison Ford and Dennis Quaid in this movie um, interesting, again, for multiple reasons. Um, Okay, yeah, so... There. That's Dennis Quaid in this film. Um, We will have a special guest on a little bit later that might be a little more interested in Dennis Quaid. Um, But moving on, so later um, Suzanne learns that her business manager has used all of her money. Yeah. And she Shirley is... McLean's character Shirley McLean, tells yeah. her. Um, and... no, we're, we're leaving Shirley McLean out of a lot of this. Um, no, really sad. we're going to go back to the scene where they both sing. Right. Because that is woof. Yeah. 
highlight of the movie for me. Um, she then Shirley MacLaine does this moment that we have since referenced multiple times in our own lives. Oscar, do you want to talk about it? Okay, so in this scene, Doris is explaining to Suzanne Merrill mm-hmm. that her manager has taken all her money. Mm-hmm. And while she's telling her this, she's mm-hmm. making a smoothie. Mm-hmm. She's throwing some strawberries, some <laughs> bananas, some yogurt in it, and Meryl's mm-hmm. like having a panic attack, right? Like her whole life is falling apart. Mm-hmm. And Doris, for some reason, just seems to like, oh well. She's like, and what about it, you know? Literally. <laughs> so then Meryl like leaves, and then after Meryl leaves, Doris takes out a bottle of vodka <laughs> And pours into her smoothie and goes glug 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 like the whole bottle. Um, and yeah, we've recreated that not literally, of course, but just pretending to when we're really going through it. We consider um, miming, putting some vodka into our smoothies as well. <laughs> but unfortunately, this causes Meryl to take a bunch of pills before she gets into a car to go do like a looping section which is like ADR so after a movie's made you have to do the audio for like scenes that weren't caught um and so she takes a bunch of pills right Right. and she gets into a car and you're like you're so like oh my god Meryl please don't do it right spit them out out so bad so bad I don't know if she already swallowed them or not no and she's been sober this whole rest of the movie so far you know like since she had gone to rehab and you are just totally rooting for her to to not do this and she stops a few blocks later pulls over on the side of the car and spits them out and you're like very fortunately god right and so she gets to the session she's obviously in a super vulnerable place and she's talking to this director who's played by gene hackman um and he offers her some really great advice, and he basically says, mm-hmm. like, she's, like, she's really going through it, right? Yeah, she's, like, str- she has to do so many takes. She's, like, looks like she's about to cry. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. It's really sad. It's a really, like, touching moment. What I think this movie does so well is, like, there are these really high moments of comedy. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. the glug, 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 glug. It was, like, I was laughing so hard. And then there are these, like, really deeply sad moments, like, right next to each other. And mm-hmm. it really hits you hard. It's really hard. Um, but, yeah, this Gene Hackman director basically says like you can do this like you have the makings of an amazing career and you just need to get like your life together and it's gonna be okay right and it's and he's like I have a job for you and if you're willing to stick it out like I I can give you more work and I think that this is like one of the points where Meryl really starts to turn her life around that and yelling at Dennis Quaid (laughs) um but yeah do you want to talk about what happens when she gets home and what she finds out then yeah so she gets home and she finds out her mother just got in a car accident Mm -hmm. probably from all the alcohol she drank from her smoothie Mm -hmm. definitely um so she ventures to the hospital right and she sees her mom in a hospital bed Mm -hmm. and it is this super raw emotional moment Mm -hmm. between a mother and a daughter and doris is free of makeup has mm-hmm. her wig she had a wig we wig didn't figure attached. that out her wig is off she's just so vulnerable mm-hmm. but also so like she's like oh hi like she's right. so nonchalant about it and you can tell that like meryl's or suzanne is trying to keep her cool but she's like really really worried about her mom mm-hmm. um and then there's this really really you know they have like the most honest conversation of the film right 
where they're just talking about like motherhood and addiction and they both kind of break down a little bit and it is such a touching scene I definitely cried I'm tearing up a little bit thinking about it now but um we're just gonna keep moving on um and then do you want to talk about um the makeup putting on Right, so um, Meryl, Suzanne puts her makeup on. Mm-hmm. At the end of At the, the end, and there are they both like kind of crying. Back on, yeah, they're both kind of. They're both kind of crying, and they're putting the, on. and then draw. She draws her eyebrows on, mm-hmm. which have like disappeared. <laughs> yeah. From, like who knows what. Yeah. So then she Congrats. goes out to the press, to the news reporters. The walk she does. And she exudes so she much confidence. Struts. She's strutting mm-hmm. to the reporters like nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And she, while she's talking to the reporters and is like, and what about it, pretty much? She's just chatting and she's, I don't know, she's such a strong character. Um, there's a doctor who is just on the side of the hallway who's actually played by Richard Dreyfus in kind of a cameo scene. He's from, like, Draws and stuff. Um, and he basically says, um, I, are you doing okay? And Suzanne's like, uh, yeah, I guess. And he's like, I pumped your stomach. And she's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, and he says, you know, they're talking, all this stuff. And he's like, you know, I'd love to see a movie with you sometime. And she's like, you know what, I'm not ready for that yet. And he says, okay, mm-hmm. I'll wait. You know what I mean? And it's such a great moment for a character that we saw earlier kind of, you know, maybe being in a dependent relationship with a guy, really saying, you know, I need to know myself first. Um, and it's really great, almost ending. Um, then let's go back. Should we be- go back and talk about yeah, the Yeah, so let's go scene? back to the singing scenes. Yeah. Which is probably separate because it's a little different from, like, the dialogue, obviously. It's so true. Yeah, it's definitely distinct. But the ending is singing, right? Ending is singing, and towards the beginning, there's another singing right. scene. So the first singing scene happens um, when Doris throws a huge party for, well, ostensibly for Suzanne getting out of rehab, <laughs> which maybe isn't the best idea. Um, but she sings I'm Still Here from Stephen Sondheim's Follies, right? And as you pointed out earlier, Oscar, kind of a Sondheim aficionado, Meryl is. Yeah. She was in Into the Woods, and she was obviously at the birthday party we mentioned last week. Mm-hmm. So they must be at least friends. I feel like they definitely like get lunch together. Acquaintances, right. you know? Um, and actually, fun fact, Stephen Sondheim specifically changed some of the lyrics of his song for Mike Nichols for this film. So it is such a good scene, right? Oh, so. oh my God. Ugh. Shirley McLean in this scene just totally inhabits like what i imagine debbie reynolds would be mm-hmm. at a dinner party mm-hmm. she's like laying on the top of the piano she's so extra, she's, so extra. So extra. she's belting but everyone loves it including suzanne who doesn't always love her mom mm-hmm. i think she's just like wow this is my mom my mom's so talented you know so talented and, and i think that's kind of an issue because she's like how am i ever going to live up to this you know totally she's totally living in her shadow and then basically Doris is like, oh, stop, stop. But she's obviously living for it. And she's like, Suzanne, Suzanne, come up here, come up here. And then Suzanne kind of begrudgingly walks up. She's like, oh, she takes off her jacket. Mm-hmm. She's must be much more casually. Doris more casual. is wearing like a sequin dress. And her <laughs> voice is much more casual. It's not as Definitely. belty, mm-hmm. show toony, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she sings uh, You Don't Know Me, which is an Elvis song. And wow. This is the first time you hear Meryl's voice um, in this movie. And the first time, I think one of the first times she's, I think think she has used um, her singing voice in previous films. But this is one of the first times where she really, I don't know, let it shine. And she has just such a beautiful voice. And it's a very, you know, she's, she definitely 
you know, she's living in the spotlight. It's a different kind of performance than her mother, mm-hmm. but um, it's it's a triumphant performance. And I'd everyone say. loves it just as much as Doris is, I'd mm-hmm. say. Absolutely. So that's early in the movie, but I would say one of the best scenes of the movie, for sure. Yes. We were living for it when we were watching. We were like, oh my god. And then, okay, we have to talk about the ending, because like I said, I think it's one of the best endings I've ever seen. It's so good, right? It's amazing. Um, so, Meryl's filming a movie for the Gene Hackman character. He's directing it, she's starring in it. And she's singing a country-western song, um, and it is so good right she's like on stage she's on stage she's has this like rock persona going on Mm -hmm. yeah and it's called i'm checking out um and she's on stage so it's filmed partially like it's just part of the movie kind of like the beginning but also um the camera pans around and you see what the crew's reaction is to to it is you see what the director's reaction to it is and then finally a really touching moment they pan up and they show doris's reaction to it and beaming and tears in her eyes right Mm -hmm. and she's just so proud of her daughter um what a great movie what a great ending scene and that's audio at the beginning of our yeah, podcast. that podcast of a woman's voice, angelically, Angelic-ly Angel- yes. <laughs> singing That's Meryl. That's Meryl. I'm sure people were really confused when they just heard screeching. Oscar and I joked that like most people would be like, this is not what I thought it would be. Um, but yeah, that's the movie Postcard to the Edge. It's free to watch with ads on Crackle. Um, and Oscar, I highly suggest watching this movie. Do you agree? Absolutely. It's super, like, it's definitely not, like, a depressing movie. Like, you can, it's definitely a fun time. Super funny. The dialogue is amazing. But also really makes you feel for these characters. And it has a lot to say, I think, about, like, motherhood and addiction in a really interesting way. Really important issues. Definitely. In a comedic way, but still... For sure. Dramatic. And great Meryl performance. Amazing. Amazing. As always. As always, but super unique performance. Mm -hmm. I think this is something unlike anything we've ever seen there. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So then let's move to our segments. So we are incredibly lucky today to have with us on the podcast one of the world's foremost experts on the Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap film, and our sister, Eleanor Krabs. Welcome to the podcast, Elle, our first guest. Yep, hi. Hi, Ellie. So you watched um, a few parts of the movie with us, right? Yep. And we are just super curious to hear another person's view on the film. Ellie, what was your take on the movie? I thought Dennis Quaid did a great job, but obviously he's better in The Parent Trap. Because what can beat the parent trap? So true, Ellie. Thanks for your input. Any any other? Well put. So <laughs> well put. I think you might be the world's... I think you're an upcoming film critic. <laughs> Ellie, anything else to say about the movie? <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> what did you think about Meryl Streep? I thought she did a great job. Thank you, <laughs> Ellie! <laughs> All right, so now we are back to our regular segments, and this time the segment is a little more interesting because we actually have something to compare. So we are going to, every week, rank all of the movies that we've seen for this podcast so far, um, which so far has just been Heartburn and Postcards from the Edge. Oscar, what is your ranking? Number one, Postcards from the Edge. Number two, Heartburn. Great, and I have the same ranking. 
Um, not that we want to compare queens, right? Yeah. Um, but for me, Postcards from the Edge was just that little extra oomph mm-hmm. of like, I loved, oh, I don't know, again, I don't want to compare queens because I love Nora Ephron's dialogue and I love Carrie Fisher's dialogue. But for me, like, I think it was a movie like made for us, <laughs> honestly, yes. because like the singing scenes, right? Mm-hmm. And this like, I don't know, this like Hollywood star power where like is that Harrison Ford I don't know it just really added something for me and I think that it deals maybe with like a little heavier topics right. um which I think is a little more challenging um and I think that also like it's relationship with like motherhood some of my favorite movies are movies about motherhood and I personally like could definitely relate even though you know I'm don't have Denny, Debbie Reynolds as a mom <laughs> but um that's why it just pushed it over the edge for me um nice pun over the edge oh my god i literally didn't even realize that my mind it's hard having a galaxy brain okay so what was your reasoning for putting it above heartburn probably the same ones as you (laughs) it was just it was it was more funnier to me yeah for sure more fun and more exciting heartburn had some boring parts i'd have to say i agree and jack nicholson in that movie was not it do we agree like he he played the character fine but i was just like he's weird and Mm -hmm. meryl streep can do so much better than him dennis quaid in this movie is really hot and you can see why she falls in love with him so that's the first segment and now we're going to do our favorite costumes from the film um so i kind of talked about this earlier but um, my favorite costume in this film is the police costume that Meryl has to wear for her B-movie that she wears when she goes to break up with Dennis and throughout the scenes on set. And it is a stunning outfit. Can we just say that Meryl looks like a baddie here? Period. <laughs> she literally looks so good, right? She does. She, I'm not trying to like objectify her, but like this is some of the best she's ever looked. Like, her body's looking yeah. right. There, There's another one. One of my all-time favorite Meryl costumes, which we'll get to in another episode, <laughs> from the River Wild. The River Wild bodysuit Oscar is obsessed with. Um, but no, she just looks so good in it, mm-hmm. and she wears it so well, right? Like, she wears mm-hmm. it with this confidence that I'm like, literally, arrest me. Take me away. <laughs> um, and there's she wears it sometimes with the sunglasses that are on the poster for the film, if you've ever seen it. Um... And, God, she just looks so cool. She just looks the coo- like the coolest person in the world. Um, so, yeah, that's mine. Oscar, you want to talk about yours? Um, in the one shot, the like the four-minute long shot mm-hmm. with the ocean in the background when Meryl is with Dennis Quaid, she's wearing this stunning off-the-shoulder black dress. What Do you know why she was wearing that again? The dress? Like the context? No, I think she just wore it. Just for fun? And her, <laughs> it's, it's kind of casual. And her hair is very, like, breezy. Windswept. Um, ocean waves, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just really like it. It goes very well with Dennis Quaid's black top. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? So when they kind of do the zoom in, it looks wow. And then Dennis Quaid kind of has, like, dark hair with, I don't know if it's dyed or natural. I'm assuming dyed. Like, blonde kind of top. And with bl- Meryl's blonde hair it just looks like they were made for each other yeah. and it definitely makes the scene feel like wow 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 they're meant to be but they're, meant to but, be. They're not. but they're not meant to be period all right and then our last segment is going to be this, this week, week in Meryl that was really good okay so this week in Meryl it's actually not this week technically we, there wasn't any 
news um this week like there was last week about um you know her Sondheim performance but we have found out that there has been new photos from the set of the film The Prom which is very exciting um Oscar do you want to talk a little bit what the, about what The Prom is So The Prom is a relatively recent adaption of a popular Broadway musical mm-hmm. by Ryan won, Murphy who did has it, done Glee Glee <laughs> um did it win a Tony it did, did win, it, I think it, it won a couple of Tonys. Um, so it's when is it coming out? December. I believe December of this year, but it could be pushed back could because be. of coronavirus. So they haven't announced yet. Right. But it's Meryl's next credit. Yep. So. So her next movie. Mm-hmm. Like. So Nicole Kidman's in it. It has mm-hmm. an all-star cast. Nicole oh my Kidman. God. Nicole Kidman. I think Ben Platt. Mm-hmm. I know Gwyneth Paltrow. Um. James Corden. Carrie Washington, Andrew Rennells, Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah. So it has all a star, cast. all-star cast. Truly. But Meryl's probably the... The, all, the most the all-star. The flagship. I would say so. And um, Meryl in this um, picture is... The only pictures leaked were of her and Nicole, who Nicole, we should say, also looks very stunning. Mm-hmm. She looks very, I would say, um, Edna Turnblad in Hairspray. <laughs> In the makeover scene. Very true. No one's going to understand the reference because this is an audio medium, but she's wearing a sequin dress that has, like, um... Ruffles. Like, like fur at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very stunning. And then she's wearing Nike tennis shoes because (laughs) she's moving inside. But Meryl is, first of all, beaming, looking stunning. Stunning wig. Stunning wig. Stunning makeup. She looks like a... Like a 40-year-old middle-aged woman. She looks like, like a middle-aged like a, woman. Like a Karen. <laughs> she literally does look like a Karen. The haircut is very our grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> which is um, a short bob, I would say, with some kind of floofy bangs. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a medium brown color. Um, and some big door knocker earrings. And then she has a sequin shirt that's a little bit low cut. Long sleeves. And then some kind of sat... Oh, that's like a... Would you call it pink magenta sequin color? Uh, we're both color blue. <laughs> so, so we're doing our best. Um, and then satin pants that are, I would say, maybe a silver color. And then some <laughs> some ox <laughs> slippers. Some slippers, yeah. We don't <laughs> because, know. again, she's on set. But she looks so pretty here, right? Do you agree? And um, she is playing this kind of, like, Broadway has-been. That So the concept of the prom is that there's a girl who has been told by her school that she can't take her girlfriend to prom. And a bunch of old Broadway and kind of, I guess, relevant Broadway stars go to the middle of, like, Indiana or Ohio or wherever it is and try to kind of, like, protest and convince her school to let her go. Um, And we have discovered that Meryl's character will be singing um, a song called... What was it called again, Oscar? I believe it was called Not About Me, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and she basically, we watched a YouTube performance of the original Broadway actress doing it. And it's basically about, this is not okay, but also mm-hmm. jazz hands. <laughs> um, and it's really about her, guys, spoiler alert. So I think we can already tell that this is going to be a stunning performance from Meryl. Do you absolutely, agree? Absolutely, absolutely. I can't wait. I can't wait for her to sing again. Yeah. We haven't seen her sing since Into the Woods, right? Well, Mama Mia too. too. But that was uh, Chinese food. yeah. Yeah. Girl, we'll talk about it when we talk about Mama Me too. Um, so yeah, stay on the lookout for that. I really hope they don't postpone it, but it's okay. Um, if they do, we have to keep Meryl safe. That's the most important thing. Um, so that's it for episode two of Marathon. So now it's time to announce the what next. our next film is going to be. Um, and Oscar, do you want to announce what it's going to be? It is the Iron Lady. 
Yes, it is Meryl Streep's biopic of Margaret Thatcher. Mm -hmm. We wanted to do something a little different because we've been doing a lot of focus on 80s and 90s kind of dramedies. Yeah, kind of less obscure. I mean, The Iron Lady is one of her more probably popular works. I would definitely say it's one of her calling cards. Um, It is her last, her most recent Oscar win. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's important. Uh, I think it came out in 2011, but don't quote me on that. It is um, available to watch. Thank you, Oscar. Available to watch on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So please watch along with us if you're interested. Again, it's probably not going to be as fun as the other few that we've watched, but I think it's really important because this is like a very traditional Meryl role, as Mm -hmm. whereas the ones that we've been watching have not been very traditional. So it'll be interesting to compare and contrast. Um, It'll be a good time if you have gotten this far thanks so much for listening i think that we'll be able to turn out episodes a lot more quickly now since i've wrapped up with school and mm-hmm. you're wrapping up with school soon mm-hmm. right um so hopefully we'll be able to put them out every week or so um we're having a great time so thanks yeah. for listening guys thank you so much all right have a good week or so bye <laughs> you give your hand to me and then you say